So Psalm 95 this morning. All right, it says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart, and they do not know my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Praise God that we can enter his rest today, though, because of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing a song to him. Let's sing unto him and worship him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. One word. Jesus. Jesus. Just praise his name this morning. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, that your name is above all other names, God. We praise you. We give you the glory and the honor, God. It's one word that we speak, Lord God, and everything diminishes. Everything goes away, Lord God. We thank you that by your name, by the name of Jesus, we are more than conquerors. God, we are overcomers. Praise his name for that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We just give you all the glory and the honor. You are worthy to be praised. Your name, Jesus, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're above all. Praise you, Lord God. It's by that one name, Lord God, that we can overcome sickness and disease. We can overcome poverty and lack. We can overcome all the, all the hurts and, and things that happen in, in life, the experiences that we have. Thank you, Lord God, that we are overcomers. We give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise Him this morning. You may be seated. Ushers, if you would uh, go ahead and get the offering ready this morning. So we've been talking a little bit about, um, well, actually been talking a lot about the uh, the uh, scripture in Luke about the talents and the gifts and and uh, how how uh, each man was given a little bit by the by the by his king. And uh, each one was, uh, was, did something with it, except for one. And it just reminded me that it can be our personal talents and gifts, but I think we can also apply that to our giving in terms of money, in terms of what we, what we give into the kingdom. And um, it just it 
kind of was resonating with me yet last week as we were talking about that and just how God gives us increase. He gives us the blessing. We are, we are blessed. Um, this, we're, people in this country, we're blessed beyond measure. And uh, I, I've heard many, many, many times, and I know you have too, just the, the term blessed to be a blessing. And, um, you know, all the things that we've been talking about, the things that we're, you know, we, that Pastor John has a vision for, um, so those things do require financing. And um, he's been talking a lot about that, and I know I'm preaching to the choir because this church is amazing in terms of their giving. I mean, it's just, it's incredible to see what, what we can do as a, as a body uh, that's not... You know, not your 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 body. You know, we're a smaller body, but it's just incredible what we, what we see and how the giving that comes out, the generosity that this body has. So, but um, yeah, just that, that scripture just kind of resonated with me in terms of just even giving of our tithes and offerings and, and blessing the kingdom that way as well. That we give our gifts and talents in terms of what, what God has gift, gifted us with in terms of. You know, whether it's speaking or whether it's woodworking, you know, whatever it may be, you know, he's, he's gifted each one of us and uh, he's also blessed us with, um, with the finances to do what we need to do. So thank you for all your giving. You guys are awesome. Um, I, I, I know I'll just, I speak for Pastor John, I think, but um, it's, it's pretty neat to see. So um, as you give this morning, um, go ahead and... Uh, We'll pass the, pass the baskets and uh, we'll just pray over the offering and ask God to bring increase where, where, the, where it needs to come and uh, to continue to bless. So, Father, we thank you so much that you do bring a blessing upon each of us, Lord God. We are your children. And, God, we, we just thank you so much for the, all the promises that you give us in your word. And uh, one of those, Lord God, is that you shall supply all of our needs according to your, to your riches and glory. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that we can, we can speak that, we can, we can stand on it, we can trust it, God, and, and where there is need and where there is um, lack and where there needs to be increase, Father, we just call that in. Um, we call the increase to come in and, and uh, those needs to be met, every one of them. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We thank you for it. We praise you and give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Turn with me, actually, to the verses that John started the service with. It's interesting, isn't it? God's good. And as we turn to Psalm 95, let's pray. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you exist. Amen. Yeah, I mean, isn't that amazing? The fact that He exists, that there is a God of all the universe, there's a God who created everything, there's a God who, who is the most powerful entity in the whole entire universe, and He loves you. That's cool. That's amazing. And that's, that's grace, and that's love, and that's amazing. And so we have Psalm 95, beginning with Psalm 95, it says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. 
Let us make joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving, and let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God. Yes, He is. And a great King above all gods. You know, there's a lot of gods in this world. There's a lot of things that, that people make gods. You know, they don't even make themselves gods. People make them gods. But even in that, He is the great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are also His, or are His also. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. Wow! He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work, they had, they had seen it over and over and over and over and over and over and over for years. They had seen the hand of the Lord moving. They had seen God do miraculous things. They had seen God, you know, the, all the plagues in, in, in Egypt that got them out, all the supplies, the, the, the sea opening up. They had seen the, the hand of God over and over and over. And yet, when it came to that moment of need, all of a sudden, right, all the, here they are again. Oh, God, you didn't do enough. It's about worship. It's interesting. I didn't know he was going to read Psalm 95. I know it's in order, but I never pay attention. And uh, But it's all about worship. To trust Him is worship. Turn now over to John chapter 4. Here's where I was really going to go today, and but it fits absolutely right in. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Not only did they not have no dealings, they didn't like them. The reason they didn't have any dealings with them is they didn't like them. They didn't. Uh, Samar- Samaritans were half breeds. They were Jews that, when Israel was taken out of Israel, when the children of Israel were taken out of Israel uh, and they were taken to Babylon, there were some who, who escaped. There were some that that were left there. And one of the rules was one of God's rules all the way from Egypt says, "Do not marry outside of Israel." Do not marry them, because if you marry them, it's going to cause trouble. It's going to cause a problem. If you compromise and you do what you're not supposed to do, it's going to bring, it's going to bring pain and suffering to, the, to your people, to this, to this nation. 
And you know, you, you can say, well, yeah, but you know, they were left, and they had nobody else around, and they didn't have anybody to to uh, to uh, you know to um, um, you know to to be with to to intermarry. And he says, so you know, I mean, obviously it's okay for them. Well, no, the the, the Jews when they came back from Babylon, they were like, we're never doing anything wrong again as long as we live. It's been seventy years. We've we've had to we've had to put up with seventy years of exile. And we did it because we did it wrong. We are never doing it wrong again. And that's when they started taking the law and making all the rules. You can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do this. You can only walk this far on certain days, and you can only go here, and you can't talk to this person. I mean, you can't even talk to a non-Israeli. It was, it was a, it, I mean, they, they became very rigid. And so here, this woman, Jesus is, is uh, preaching, and he comes into Samaria, and he asks this woman for water, and she says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. And whoever drinks of the water of a, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is not talking about physical water. He's talking about spiritual water. He's talking about the Spirit of God in them and that when the Spirit of God is in us, out of us flows rivers. Out of us flows the Spirit. And in that, in the the outflowing of the spirit things are watered even in dry places even in deserts even in arid places there is a supply even where there's not been a supply before she's still thinking real water when she says sir give me this water so that i will not be thirsty or have come here to draw water Jesus said to her, go call your husband. And we all know what happens here. He says, go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He goes, yeah, you're right. You have five. And the one you're living with right now is not your husband. So Jesus didn't interact with her because she was perfect. Jesus didn't interact with her because she was sinless. All the reasons that the Jews would think that God would spend a moment with them was because if they were absolutely perfect. And here Jesus is saying, no. I'll be with, I'll be with who I want to be. I want to be with everyone. He revealed himself even, even to this person who is saying, I have no idea why you're spending time with me. I have no idea why you want me. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming, verses verse 21, when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will, will you worship the Father. Verse 22, this is where we're getting. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here. 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know the Messiah is, that Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Worshippers. God's seeking true worshipers. In the Old Testament, He was seeking worshipers. He said, worship Me. You know, he said, worship the God who created everything, God who did everything, God who supplied everything. He is the God who does all things. He's the all in all. He's worthy of worship. But what happened was, the Jews did what? They made it a ritual. They made it a have to. They made it rules and regulations. They made it rigid when it's relationship. Jesus has come. He's come to, to set things right. And he, that was his main push all the time against the, the Jewish religious leaders was, you know guys, I want you to worship God. Worship me. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. Not in ritual. The thing is, human beings are still human beings. We're still human beings today, the same as we were back then. And we, even us, who are Spirit-filled. Glory. Who have the anointing of God. Who have the, the Spirit of God living in us and overflowing in us. We can still make it ritual. It can still become a list of rules. It can still become a, an order of service. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12. Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. And what's interesting is, this is on the other side of it. They get filled with the Spirit at Jerusalem in the upper room, overflowing. And they begin to preach, and people are getting saved all over, and now they're out on missionary journeys, and they, they go to Corinth, and there's a church starts in Corinth, and the church gets filled with God. They get born again, they get Spirit-filled, they get, they get, they're in. But now they've gone too far. And so Paul has to write a letter and says, okay guys, rein it back in here a second, guys. Slow down. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Everyone say everyone. everyone. Look at your neighbor and say, say everyone. And then say everyone. <laughs> it's too, sometimes it's too much fun. We all have gifts. We all have talents. We all have anointings. We all have the Word of God. And our, our, the, the reason that's been given to us is not to keep it to ourselves, like the, the, the story of the talents, but is to use it for God's glory. 
Every time, and I mean every single time, every time that I have had major breakthroughs in my life, it was because another believer said something or did something. It's always because somebody encouraged me, somebody challenged me, somebody corrected me. Don't like those, but I'll take it. But everything that's ever, anything major in my life, the reason I'm married to Debbie was because somebody sat me down one day and, and, and when I was really didn't know what I wanted in my life, it was actually before I met her and helped me to, 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 to sort some things out in God and make some decisions. And I was like, yeah, okay. It helped. And I was ready to meet her. Everything has been, when Ethan was born and, and almost died and Deb almost died, what got her through it and what got me through it was a word from someone years before. A word of encouragement. In a meeting. Just, it wasn't a meeting like this. It was in a, in, a, in a house. Just a bunch of us getting together to read the Scripture and to, and to pray and to worship. We didn't really even know Him all that well. But he says, he goes, Debbie, are you pregnant? And my was, you know, first I've heard about it, you know. Deb goes, I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry, never mind. I was like, no, you don't, don't, you don't stop there. Hello. You don't, you don't get to stop there. I said, what's that all about? And he goes, well, he says, he says I was just, as we, were, as we were worshiping here, he says, I heard it's going to be okay. That when you have your first child, it's going to be okay. He even talked a bit about, about the character, who the, who the young man would be. It's because somebody else stepped out and used the gift that God had put in them in that moment to speak life and to speak hope. Verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge. I'm not going to go into all the, the individual, what each of these are. There, you can get tapes and books, and, you know, and, and actually uh, Pastor Jonah Fetzer ministered on this on Saturday morning during the week devoted to God on that Saturday morning. And he's, I've encouraged him to actually take that, what he started with, and actually do more and record it. And I want to put it on our website. Because it's, it is, what he was teaching is that is what do each of these do? What, how do they work? And how do, we, how do we operate in them? But this morning, for this morning's purpose, it's only to just pique our interest to say, you know what? I need to think about this. I need to, I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. What's, what's God saying? So verse 8 again, starting in the middle. Uh, For to one is given the spirit of the utterance of wisdom, and the other, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each, each one individually as He wills. And it's to build up the body. There's a point where, where we 
You know, we have teaching, teaching is good. But there's a point where the Holy Spirit has to take over. There's a point where we have to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and, be, and let Him minister through us to each other to build each other up. There's things that I can't impart to you, but someone else can. There are things that you've been through that I haven't. So when, when you minister under that anointing and you share that testimony or you, you give that word of encouragement or you give that challenge or, and whatever you do, when you do that, you do it from the anointing that you're walking in, which is, gonna, which is different than the anointing I'm walking in. When you do it, it's going to change something different than what I can do. The body. But the problem is, is that the body the body has become rigid again. It has for years. I mean, I'm not, this is not a scolding to us. It's actually a, you know, we're, we're God's stirring those, these things up in us. We need to now step over and start to walk in them. But what does that mean? How does that work? One last place. Turn to, which is not too far away. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only one or two or let there be only two, or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no, no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So what, what usually trips people up is, is this as, you know, when, if, if there's a, someone who as a prophet stands up and prophesies, and people think, well, I'm not a prophet. I'm barely even, you know, I'm just, I'm just in. That's all that matters. It's not the office of the prophet he's talking about. The kind of prophecy he's talking about is somebody just getting up. What John did this morning during worship, just encouraging the body, just telling you, hey, this is what's going on. We're giving, then this, and then, you know, we've been, putting, we've been talking about the talents, and we've been talking about using our talents, and that even works with giving. And as he shared that, he was prophesying. That's prophesying. It didn't sound like, thus saith the Lord. God, which is what people are expecting. Yay, yes, yay. Verily, verily, yay. If you grew up in the any of the charismatic churches back in the 80s, anybody come through the 80s? Yeah, raise it. Whoa, yeah, we were there. Made her through, fingernails on the, you know. Whoa! It was, there was always, you know, my dad, my dad, who passed away a number of years ago, he said he remembered, he used to go to a Pentecostal church when he was just a little kid. 
And the reason was that, that the, the preacher was real fiery. You know, do and, and his dad absolutely loved it. He just, it was like a show. You know, it was like going to the movies, you know. And, uh, but he remembers, even as a little kid, the same time during, during each service, at the same time, the same guy would get up and say, Thus saith the Lord. It becomes something that it's not supposed to. You know, I still say, you know, people have been asking me, what was the best part about the week devoted to God? What was the, where was the, oof, you know, to me, the, the moment, the one moment was we were in prayer on a, during what, Tuesday or Wednesday morning, I remember, and I was reading a scripture and I was, we were setting the, setting the tone for the prayer that day that we need to pray for the country and we need to pray for our, our, you know, our, you know, the church and so on and, and the verses that I had read were actually kind of dooming, doom and gloomy. You know, you just, you know, there will be great stress and strain, and the hearts of men will fail. And and I went to take a breath. I went to, and when I went to take a breath, Kathy Simonette goes, "But God," <laughs> and it was anointed. That's prophecy. That's that's a word from the Lord. And it, it encouraged all of us. Vern, Vern Norton came right out of his chair. Glory! He jumped up. <laughs> but it's, it's the body being the body, using the gifts that we have. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, there is somebody in here right now that has an encouraging word that someone else needs. I guarantee it. I know there is. Why? Because the Word says it's there. Each one of you came today. Now, there are some qualifications to it. One of the things is, did you spend time with God this week? Did you spend time with God? Did you spend time in His Word? Did you spend time listening to Him? Because if you did, you came with something. It might be a prophecy, which means that God, hey, I just, you know, I, I had this happen to me. Let me tell you this testimony. Blah, 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 go through the story and sit down. That's prophecy because you're, you're speaking forth. That's what prophecy means is speaking forth a message from God. Now you guys, I've heard you, you have that in you. I have that in you. You have that in you. You do. Say yes. Louder. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But you do. We all. If you've spent time with God, you've got something. You brought something today. Now, the problem with this now is the reason that churches actually became sitting in rows, everybody looking forward, everybody has their chair. Some of you have your chair, and that's this morning as I started preaching. All of a sudden, I started getting messed up because I'm looking over here, and some people that are usually over here aren't there. They're over here. The Goodspeed girls have messed me up all morning long. You guys are in, could you please go back to your chairs over on that side? But we have our chairs. We, we have our, we've become comfortable in, I'm coming in, and, I, and I'm not, you know, this, like I say, this is not a, you're, you know, we're all in trouble thing. But we came because we, we're here to worship. But are we worshiping in spirit and in truth? Spirit. What is, what is worshiping in spirit? Spirit led. This part right here where it says that everybody's been given a gift. Everybody's been given something to give and it's been empowered by the Spirit. It didn't come from you. It wasn't a, a, a wise idea that you came up with. 
this week while uh, watching that amazing Viking football, I mean, that epiphany moment, <laughs> miracle. <sighs> Somebody told me this week, I don't know, did anybody else see this in the news, that Apple watches were, were giving false heart attack alerts <laughs> to people? Apparently they were going off. I mean, that during that last 30 seconds that, that, that Apple watches were giving false alerts to people, you're having a heart attack. No, the Vikings are actually winning. Oh my gosh. Something that's actually been led by the Spirit. Something you're hearing from God. Now, it doesn't have to be some, you know, that's it, you know, the, the, uh, the earth is going to turn blue and on this certain date, uh, the stock market's going to crash. And, you, and it, I mean, people think that's prophecy. You know, there's going to be a great famine in the land. No, prophecy is a word of encouragement. It's a, it's a speaking forth of a truth of God. And you came here. You all have something to encourage people with. And now, as I'm speaking about it, and I'm saying everyone has it, many of you are going, oh, crud. What if he calls me up? But it shouldn't be that, should it? It shouldn't even be, I have to call somebody up. It really should be, I'm supposed to say this, I have something, I have something to say, and, and, and just give it forth. But then, then, we have the other problem, which, you know, the problem with having open mic. Do anybody, everybody know what that is? Open mic means you open up the mic and good luck because you don't know what's coming out. You don't know what people are going to say. What, what if? What if? I, you know, yeah, I get that. I've been there. I've heard some really crazy things. I had... No, I won't even go there. Huh? Well, I, yeah? That's not that big a deal, but we were we were in a church service years ago at a different church. It wasn't even this one, so everybody's safe except for the Swansons who were there too. And the and the and the uh, oh yeah, <laughs> there's a few of us that were there that day. But you know, the service is going on. All of a sudden, this woman came forward, and we had never seen her before. Had no idea who she was, and she grabs the microphone. It was open mic Sunday, and she she uh, grabbed the microphone and she go, starts prophesying that so-and-so was going to be a pastor from this day forth, and this friend so-and-so was going to be in this ministry, and started naming names and saying, you know, from now on, everybody here needs to call this person pastor so-and-so, and none of us know who they Who is this person? Where'd they come from? The problem was, it wasn't dealt with right then and there. It should have been dealt with right then and there. And I'm, I'm not, I wasn't in, the, I was standing there, but I wasn't, wasn't the one who was supposed to deal with it. But the point is, when you are, it's, it's hard. We don't like dealing with this uncomfortable, what if somebody makes a mistake? What if somebody says something that, oh, is just wrong, and everybody knows it's wrong, and everybody just, you know, eh. It says here that if somebody has something to, to share, that everybody else should judge it, right? But nobody wants to be judged nowadays. Don't judge me. <laughs> Political correctness can kill worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be amazing 
if we actually could just worship in spirit and truth and we could actually take the chance for somebody to get up and say something and if it's wrong, you go, hey, that's, that's wrong, sit down. <laughs> no, no, yes, no. Just, and everybody else doesn't go, <laughs> or they don't feel like somebody else, everybody else is going, oh, they blew it. Nice job. Or if we just walked in love and went, okay, I've, made, I've said some dumb things. I haven't. But you know you have. You've said some dumb things. <laughs> I say less and less dumb things because my wife is up front going, stop it, stop talking. <laughs> nobody wants to get judged. Nobody, nobody thinks, well, you know, somebody else has got it. You know, Somebody else has this. Somebody else has... What if we just were led by, by the Spirit of God? And could really minister to it. You know what's a bigger mistake than having somebody come up and say the wrong thing? Having somebody who's supposed to say something that would have set somebody free not get up and share it. That's a bigger mistake to me in my life, in my heart, because I'm so glad. This guy who said that to us before, way before Ethan, years before Ethan was born, he didn't know us. And he had no, he just well, he knew our names, but he didn't know us. He didn't, and he he was he, he was kind of. We really didn't even know him much for, for very long after that. But in that whole thing, he took the chance to say something really crazy, like, "Are you pregnant?" Because I I keep seeing, I keep hearing, and here's what the Holy Spirit is saying about that. Praise God, he did because she told me that that was what got her through. You know, that whole process, and when, and what was the five weeks that he was in the NICU and the, the months of wearing monitors, and I mean, just everything about it. Praise God, we had that word that somebody had, had the guts to share. And had he not, would we have made it? Well, you know, yes. But not, as, not with power, not with strength, not with peace. And I can just, you know, there's all kinds of those stories. Worshiping in spirit. And in truth, so spirit is God led. Spirit is 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 the using the gifts that God puts in you to minister by the Spirit. But by truth means it's real. And who's the best person to judge whether it's real? You are, to begin with, because it says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You can know. You can know if it's not real. I mean, many times I've sat here and I thought I have something from the Lord. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to give it. But uh, then it comes back up and it keeps, you know, you, know, you, you just you have more, um, yeah, you need to get up and give this. No, nope, not going to do it. And then keeps coming back, okay, I'll get up and I get up and I share, you know, somebody, I'll, I'll share something in a meeting or whatever, I'll give an give a encouraging word to somebody, and they'll go, oh, thank you, I've been praying about that today. But there's also been times when I think, wow, this would be this would fit perfect into the service. This would be a good place to say this. This would be and and then I go, no, that's just me. Now the question is, is it you or is it me? You know, is it is it you or is it him? Everybody asks that. Do you know how to work that out? Do you know how to work that out? Spend time with him all week long. And hear and understand, know that voice. The more you know the voice, then when you're in that moment, you'll know that voice. And you'll know, okay, that's not me. That's, that's God saying that. But then it still can be, should be subject. Now, why am I saying all this? Because this move of God is not about preachers, professional, paid Christians. 
This is about the body of Christ being the body of Christ. It's about all of us, every man, every woman, every child, hearing the voice of God and acting upon it. Now, acting upon it may be just saying something, encouraging somebody. Uh, It may be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. And like I say, I'm not going into the breakdowns of what all those mean. But we will. Trust me, we will. But it could be a miracle. It could be. A mir- God wants to perform a miracle through who, who is, feels like they're the least likely person to ever be used by God to, to work a miracle. I see, a, I see a hand. Thank you for that one. Yeah, that. Simeon? See, that's the cool thing. You know, you've heard this story. I mean, Deb, Deb tells me, John, you're starting to tell your stories over and over again. Kind of like that old uncle that you have, you know, that just keeps <laughs> telling you the same joke every time you get together with him. I was healed by Tally when she was younger than that. Or I was, God used Tally, obviously. But because she, she, she prayed for me. She laid hands on me and prayed for me. A child, it was a miracle. I mean, because I immediately started feeling better. I was like, that's awesome. It isn't about age. It's about the heart. And it's about hearing God and being obedient to Him. God uses His people. Worshiping Him in spirit and truth. I've been listening to a a teaching series by Kenneth Hagin. And he said that the this believers' meetings, times when believers would get together, and this is this is a believers' meeting. I'm looking around, I know I think I've known all of you or most of you for many, many years, and a few of you I don't I know very you know at varying degrees, but this is a believers' meeting. And in a believers' meeting, there necessarily shouldn't be me up here preaching. It's the body ministering to one another. Now in that, it's a little, it can get a little dicey. But that's the body, isn't it? That's family. Songs, hymns. What if somebody has a song? Well, Jamie's the worship leader, but what if somebody had a song? Hey, can we sing this? Well, I don't have the music. Okay, we'll sing it anyway. Let's, I know you're thinking, well, that could get weird. That could be, that could be uncomfortable. What if we don't have any musical instruments? You know, what if what if one of you all of a sudden, right now, right this moment, said, "You know, God's been speaking this to me, and I knew I'm supposed to share this on Sunday morning." Is there anybody here who you, you came here thinking, "Yeah, I got something I probably am supposed to share this morning"? Anybody? Now's the time to be, because He sees your heart and He knows. Now I can put the pressure on. Don't point at other people. No, 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 no. No. <clears throat> My husband has something. <laughs> Somebody here has something. Not because the Holy Spirit told me, it's because in the Word He said it, that you, somebody here has something. Who's got it? Did you raise your hand or did your wife raise your hand? She did. Okay, I'm not going with that. I'm not going with she did. If you did, then I want you to come up. Everybody's pointing at everybody else. (laughs) I didn't see it. So then stand up and come up here. Thank you. I'm not a public speaker, so I apologize for shaky voice and everything else, but... I was probably supposed to tell you this in October when we bought our home. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, it's been my, on my heart ever since. And it's kind of encouragement, kind of shame on me, shame on all of us at times. Um, just how fickle we can be and how, how easy, easily we can be discouraged over what seem like big problems but to us, to us, but in all reality are fairly minute. Um, we've, the past four years, we've lived in a home that was a challenge. We, uh, you know, it was just, it was hard to live there. I had, and it was fun for a while, but then it got old. And, but I'm faithful to a fault at times and uh, didn't want to disrupt the flow that was going on and everything else. And, you know, you sit around and I see all these guys at work and they're all buying these big, beautiful homes and life's so much easier for them. And <laughs> <laughs> everyone tells me, come out of the Stone Ages, Jess. You know, you, there is running water these days and there is, uh, <laughs> you know, there are switches to use to turn up your heat and, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, and, but overall, I always knew, and my mother instilled this in me was and whatever you do be faithful no matter what it is no matter how small it is just be faithful you know like I didn't necessarily like living at my home that I was at anymore but I still mowed the lawn I still did everything I was supposed to do I still kept the place like it was supposed to be kept and I tried to make it better even though in looking out at it all I was frustrated I would say, well, I'm being faithful. Where's my, you know, where's my reward? Where's my, you know? And you look around, you see everybody else just doing their thing and enjoying their blessings, I guess. And it can be frustrating. It can be everything, all the above. Um, So we started looking at houses because I think my wife felt it and she wanted to move on and, Nothing in our price range was available. Nothing, banks wouldn't touch anything. I'm willing to do work, but if the bank can't finance it, then we can't have it. Um, and so we were going on, going on, going on this way. And then finally I said, okay, that's it. I'm not looking at another house. We'll just stay here. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And um, So I'd said that probably a week after I'd said that. Heather says, I got one more house we want to look at. I said, I don't want to look at this house. We went online, looked at the pictures. The place just looked like a dump, you know. And not that I can't fix up a dump, but I don't really feel like fixing up a dump at the moment, <laughs> you know. Like, so I'm like, whatever. The price had dropped, and it was in our price range, and so we went. And it turns out it was an amazing home. Whoever this realtor was just did a poor photography job, I guess. Just didn't do it justice, and. It's an amazing home, you know, like it was everything that we needed and wanted and more. It had central air, like who has central air? Not us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like my son Howie, that if you ask him why he loves his new house, it's because it has central air. You know, like he's tired of being hot. He's tired, you know, just it's the simple little things. But, you know, like that brought him so much joy to know that this summer we might be cool. You know, like, and just, like, it's just a beautiful, amazing home. And as soon as I stepped inside of it, like, I knew, like, wow, this is an amazing home for us. And 
So within two days, they had accepted our offer and we got it. But I guess the st moral of the story is listen to your mothers. <laughs> um, just be faithful no matter what. Amen. Just when, even if you don't feel like it's doing anything, when you don't feel like it's accomplishing anything, you know, just that whole time, just be faithful in the little and God will give you more. God will bless you with more. And that's just what kept ringing in my ear. And lo and behold, he did when I had almost given up and didn't want to do anything anymore. And there was God. So, you know, just keep plugging away. Don't be fickle. Don't be, you know, just trust in him and just know that he has your best interest in heart in his timing. You know, it's not always us, you know. Another month before, that house was 20000 more than it was when we bought it. So, you know, it's everything's in his timing, you know. When you'll feel it when it happens, you know. I felt it when I stepped into that house. I knew that this was something for us. And so. Amen. Amen. All right. Now let, let's judge Jesse. I love it. I love it. I don't think that's what, the, what Paul was thinking of, but, but, you could, but it, was, it was encouraging. It was encouraging. It was uplifting. But it was also challenging, wasn't it? That's, and, and you just knew as he was sharing, you could, there was an anointing on that. There was an anointing of God and that, in, that it, it encouraged you. Some of you, that story will come back to you when you need it. You'll hear. You'll, God will bring that back to you. That's, that's how He works. Next. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning worshiping God, praying and reading and I've been in this book called um, God's Armor Bearer, probably one of the best books I've ever read other than Love Your Way to Victory. But this verse kept resonating inside of me because I don't know if you all feel the same way I do, but when you hear the words that you're called and anointed for such a time as this, I struggled with that because I could see my past I see my heart, and it's like, what, what do I have? How can this be true? So this verse came in this book, 2 Timothy 1.9, says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, before we had a chance to do anything or not do anything, he called us. So God has called us. If we're born again, we're called. It's that simple. And you can't stand before Jesus one day and say, I was never called. Because you are called, every one of you, before the beginning of time. Amen.
as as Jim comes up, come on up. And, and there, here's the reason. We, the only reason we have, I want people to come forward to do this, because whether you have a, a, a testimony, like with Jesse had, or, or a, uh, oh, what's, what's the word that, uh, that what Patty just did, it's not, uh, I'm thinking of the Ecclesia, the big, she exhorted us, that's what the Bible calls it, whether, whatever, it's, it's not everybody can hear, not, some people don't hear as well as others, but also we want it recorded because somebody, something may be said that, that, should, that needs to be hear, heard in a future time. And so as Jim gets ready here, Jamie, why don't you and the worship team come back up, please? And they're gonna, we're going to go back into worship. Worship is not just songs, it's what we're doing right now, but it does include that. And then after, after, uh, after Jim gets done, we're gonna, they're going to go back into worship. They've got a couple of songs, and then we're going to have the baptism. So go ahead, Jim. Thank you. Sorry. I come with a song. We're the people of God, called by His name, called from the dark and delivered from shame. One holy race, saints everyone, because of the blood of Jesus the Son. Hear us, O spirits of darkness, so you may know where we stand. We have been purchased, purchased with blood. We're bought by the blood of the Lamb. Yes, amen. The blood of the Lamb. We're the people of God. We're called by His name. We're called from the dark and delivered from shame one holy race saints everyone because of the blood of Jesus the Son Amen 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 You may be seated So in what God's doing now He's using the body. He always was. He, you know, the reality is he always was. That was always the plan. But we're going to keep pushing towards that. We're going to keep leaning into body, the body ministering to one another. And so this week, spend time with him. This week, spend time in his presence and hear his voice. And if he sh- if he tells you to share something, do it. If he doesn't, no, it's not. You don't you don't have to come. You know, maybe we have to come, but you don't have to come with something. You don't, you don't have to come up front and say something, but if, you, if you're hearing something from the Lord that you know is for others, not just only yourself, man, we need that. We need that from us. And that's why years ago, you know, when, when I first became the senior pastor, one of the first things I did is had other people praying for people, praying for the sick, praying, you know, having altar ministry. And we've not done that for a while, and we may go back to it. I don't, you'll see how the, how the Holy Spirit leads but it's getting people involved, even even doing baptisms. When I grew up, it was only pastors. I mean, it was the law. It was the law of the land that only pastors, full, full credentialed, in good standing pastors, could baptize anybody. When the reality is, is you're all priests. We're all priests. So in that, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen more and more and more is there'll be people getting saved, and then you'll be baptizing them. It'll just, you know, as the Lord leads. It, it's in relationship. It's in, it's in life. So, Mike and Mike is going to 
baptize his daughter here, and then he's going to close close out the service. So I'm done, but you have the rest. Oh, and if anyone else would like to be baptized, today is a nice day out. It would be a good if you're going to be go home wet. But if you feel led, if you feel you know, hey, maybe I have not yet been baptized, and I need to I need to follow the Lord in baptism. Mike is willing and ready to baptize you also. So and we've had that happen here. We've had that happen a number of times. Where, yeah, yeah. And and he and I are big enough to come and get you and take you over there. But if if you would also like to be baptized this morning, we can we can continue to do that. In our uh, in our family, we uh, as each one has come to knowledge of the Lord and. And that we've uh, kind of asked them to make sure that they understand what this is. I think sometimes in a church body, as we've talked about lots of internal dynamics of growing up in church, right? Just little things that happen. Sometimes us believers are like, oh, we want you to get to heaven. And we just kind of rush that point. So in our family, we've come to the understanding that as an awareness of sin has come up in each of our children, right? And as they've come to understand, like, who is Jesus and what does that really mean when I make this decision and how long is it? Is it for right now? Is it a join the club or is it something much more than that, right? So we've asked them to be able to articulate what is it that they're doing and that kind of thing, right? It's public profession. So Talia, what are we doing here today? I am getting baptized because I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. And a few weeks ago, uh, when you did the little prayer line thing, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. So. <laughs> Aliyah Jubilee, you are baptized in the name of Abba, our Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. like this warm yeah it's kind of nice see these uh facebook pictures of people being baptized by cutting chainsaws in the ice and i'm kind of thankful this one's this one's all right just want to leave you with a encouragement maybe jamie can close us with that last song that jeremy camp song there Facebook, right? There's so many memes on the Vikings. We talked about them a little bit today. The amount of excitement over this one play. People crying, people cheering, people have this moment of camaraderie. Political correctness, race, economic standing, how much money you make. It all goes out the window. Somebody just has to be dressed in purple. And, you know, and we're all ready to connect. And basically worship. That's what people, they wouldn't describe it that way, but it's basically what they're doing. It's worship. You can come together with your coworker for no other reason 
and a piece of leather crossed an imaginary line. Jesus, right? Jesus. Everybody get in church and they're like, well, you're going to be a little bit more holy than that. I just think God needs more reverence. He is overcome by the word of our testimony. So I just want to, it's not a rebuke for the Vikings. Like, it's fun. Maybe they'll go to the Super Bowl, right? There's that little uptick that you just had. Oh, sorry, you Packers people. You need to get safe. <laughs> that little uptick in your heart. Every time that happens, I just want you to think of like these words on this song. He has overcome. Are we, are we that worshipful about our King, the living God? One my daughter was just baptized into, right? That kind of worship. Every time, which ought to be a lot, right? In the next, <laughs> depending on what social settings you're in and how the Vikes do. Right? Like, let your heart go free for the Lord, especially over the next couple of weeks, right? Father, I just thank you for your mercy on every single one of us. I just thank you for your Holy Spirit power. I thank you finally for the baptism of repentance that was already happening before Jesus came on the scene, but for the baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your purposes and your plans being accomplished in every one of us. I thank you that Jim is alive and he's here to sing us a song today. I thank you for your mercy all over this congregation. I've seen your hand move in a short amount of time with all these people here. And it continues to be so because you love us like was preached today. You are in love with us. That's just amazing. I just thank you for your mercy. I ask you to be with us as we go out in Jesus' name.